bit. Sorry, I caught you off. Uh, hey, everybody, welcome back to The Collective. We have another fantastic show for you today. I am very excited. We've got Travis joining us, Clay rejoining us, Corey rejoining us. Very excited for this conversation. We are going to be talking about introspection. Now, while I am excited, y'all should be too. Like the show, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, do all that good stuff so you get your emails in the morning whenever we go live, which is, of course, every day. Now, if you have any thoughts, comments, questions, anything at all, by all means, put them up in the comment section and we will engage those directly throughout the show. Uh, but since Corey's here, we don't have a winter storm comment right off the bat, Corey. Do you want to say good morning so that everybody feels better? Good morning. There we go. <laughs> that feels better. Um, now, we, like I said, we're going to be talking introspection, but let's get some intros out of the way. Travis, I'm going to start with you. Hit us up. 10 to 15 seconds. Give it. All right. Uh, I'm an old retired guy. I was in the Army for 22 years, 18 of that in Special Forces. Uh, retired from the Army, and I was contracting for several years after, several entrepreneurial ventures, and uh, now I'm back in school. Bam. I like it. Corey, how about yourself? Uh, currently a police officer with, uh, I'm into my 18th year, uh, father of two young girls and uh, grimace body stunt double. I like that. I like that. Clay, how about yourself? Yeah. So uh, former army infantry, uh, both Iraq, Afghanistan, um, a long history in, in counseling of many sorts, uh, career counseling, subsidies counseling. Uh, and currently I just uh, help in a lot of different veteran nonprofits uh, and I'm in corporate management as a, as a job. So yep, that's me. I like it. I like it. So today, like I said, uh, I've said many times now so far this morning, introspection, but what is introspection? Introspection is the examination or observation of one's own mental and emotional processes. Through introspection, we can gain knowledge about our inner workings. Uh, introspection is sort of like perception, but also unlike perception it, in that it doesn't involve the five, sense, five senses. We don't see, hear, smell, touch, or taste to gain insights. Generally, introspection involves looking inward to try to understand ourselves. It does not involve looking outward. For example, we can learn about our internal states by asking other people to give us feedback or by looking in the mirror and seeing our facial expressions. But these are not considered forms of introspection. So let's go around the table and talk about introspection in general. I'm going to start with Travis. What are your first thoughts on introspection? Hmm. My first thoughts kind of, I somewhat disagree with a little bit of that definition at the very end. You know, like a lot of times when I, when I'm having particularly if you're having trouble with something and you're trying to figure out what's going on. And uh, maybe if uh, the personality dynamic in a group that you're not, that you're not, that you're working with is not seeming to click. I actually do try to kind of put myself in the other person's shoes and say like, what is this person thinking about my, you know, interaction with everybody else? Like how am I affecting this and trying to see what I'm doing from another person's point of view, you know? So it is examining my own behavior, but kind of trying to examine that behavior through someone else's point of view. And um, I think that is introspection, you know, it's, it's looking at yourself and your behaviors and, uh, and trying to figure out how to modify those behaviors for a positive outcome. So obviously I don't want to, like disagree with Webster's or whatever you're looking in, but like it is, it is somewhat 
I think looking at your own behavior through the lens, through another lens of some kind, you know, and trying to understand how that behavior or, you know, is, is affecting everybody else or the situation at large. Interesting. I like that. Clay, how about yourself? What are your first thoughts? Yeah, I, I guess I, I somewhat disagree as well, uh, a little bit, you know, obviously not the, the whole thing. And, and I get that it's trying to, to narrow down its definition. But the, the big thing that I don't agree with is that it's not the five senses and it doesn't require any outside stimulus because, I mean, our our outside senses, we, we can't we can't just shut them off. We, we see, we feel, we we smell uh, and a lot of our our intuition or the way that we start to introspect is based off of some of those five senses i would say that some people who don't have agency or control over um, their input and their stimulus probably don't introspect as well so the the big thing that i just i don't i think we could probably look into more is the five senses are a lot of the times the catalyst uh, and they can also be uh, the horses of the chariot that get out of control. So that was my first thought. Mm, interesting. Corey, what about yourself? His idea that the senses are um, sort of the start to the introspection. Um, I also think that there's a difference between introspection and obsession and negative self-talk. Mm. So the introspection is a review or, or an internalizing and, and, like I said, it's it's like an after-action report without constantly just looking for the negative. I think that certain people, when they look internal and look at the things that they've done or the actions that they've done, are looking for fault rather than what was done well, what wasn't done well, why was it done, those sort of things. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like Clay's where you start with the, uh, the senses and then go from there. Interesting. Sean, what are you thinking right off the bat? I listen to the guests with an empty mind, and here's my first thought. Do zombies have introspection? Wow. <laughs> Do zombies have introspection? Depends on your definition of zombie, and depends on which zombie you're talking about, because <laughs> there are many different types. Um, at least in my mind, I don't think zombies do have introspection. They're not, they have one concern, brains. I don't know. What do you guys think? Travis, I'm going to come to you first. What do you think? I've never worked with any zombies, so I'm not really 100% sure. However, I would venture to the ones I've seen on TV, I would say no. But I, I think it's interesting that all of us had like some kind of different take on the definition. You know, like there was a little bit of a, a disagreement somewhat. Um, I like Corey's, uh, you know, he identified a problem that a lot of that a lot of high performers have with uh, that constant negative self-talk and like, I can always be better. I suffer from this problem myself and uh, I need people to tell me to stop doing that. You know, no matter what happens, it's like I can always get a little bit more like a 10th of a second or a gram, an extra bit of weight or whatever it is. And uh, that is, that is, it's a challenge to overcome that when you're, when you're in an environment that is, that is demanding, high performance and you're always after more it's very difficult to separate your desire for more from i guess giving yourself credit for what you've done already you know so um that is a, ch a challenge to overcome and actually to watch for all the time 
um, I think it's very easy to fall into that negative, negative rut um, that Corey identified. Uh, for some reason, as human beings, it's easy for us to go to the negative rather than the positive, you know, watching the, the trash news media or, or whatever it is. It's, it's like, uh, it's, it's easy bait for us, you know, it's a very effective bait. So we have to be focused and not fall into that trap. I, um, I have a question about this, but I'm going to go around the table first. Clay, what do you think about do, do zombies, uh, do zombies introspect? I, I know, I know somehow or another, Sean is going to bring this back around to some kind of like meaning at the end of this. I don't know how, I hope he comes back, but I, I know that he's going to some, I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, in terms of maybe uh, try to cut Sean off a little bit and, and get there before him. But it, I guess, I guess if you think about like what is a zombie and what does a zombie do? A zombie, it's it's not considering, you know, past zombie behavior. It's not really thinking about future zombie behavior. It's only after, say, brains. So it's not it's not contemplating anything other than what it's 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 after in that moment. And I guess to the same point as Travis is, is maybe, you know, what Sean's saying is that p people sometimes, if, if we're not clear in our introspection, because, you know, self-sabotage, especially, uh, again, I'll go back to the addiction world because it's just a, it's an amplification of things that we all do in, in our thought process is if we're self-sabotaging, if our self-narrative is not necessarily honest, then we could be zombies in a sense, right? Because we're not, we're not, we're, we're introspecting, but we're introspecting and listening to things that may not necessarily be true or good for ourselves. So that self-narrative uh, could be debilitating and self-sabotaging in a way. Yeah, I think you're right on the money there. Corey, what are you thinking? I think I'd probably just amplify what Clay's saying is that it's not necessarily, um, I mean, or it is somebody who's sort of singularly focused and isn't taking a lot of external stimulus. And I know we talked about external stimulus and senses, but somebody that's so focused on a goal that's walking in a linear path to get what they're doing or getting what they want um, and, and not deviating from that, that once they get there, they just continue on Till the next one it's the next and the next and the next there's no development there's no um improvement on the situation um i think is more what i think when i think of zombies i, I like this i, I <clears throat> when sean mentioned zombies my first thought was you know the uh the average citizen the average person in north america is kind of a zombie they wake up they do what they need to do they go to work they come home they eat their food they hang out with whatever, they watch Netflix, they go to bed and they wake up and they do it all over again. It's the exact same day over and over and over again for years and years and years. And I, at least I believe I'm not going to put words in his mouth. We'll see if he comes back or not. His, his internet's a little janky. So we'll, uh, we'll see if he gets back here. But the, uh, at least in my mind, it comes from the fact that you're, it takes, it takes an active act of introspection in order to introspect. Right. You, ha you can't just like, oh, I've been hit by the introspection fairy today and I feel like I'm doing X and Y and Z. Right. You have to take the time. You have to step outside of your own 
everyday rigmarole and actually engage um, in introspection. And so I have a question on this because we're, we're going to dive down this uh, negative self-talk because I really want to get into that because it's something that uh, I think we all struggle with. But where do you think that starts? Like, Travis, I'm going to start with you on this one again, but where did that start for you? When you Was it when you started getting into the teams or was it prior to that where that negative self-talk was kind of in the mix? What do you think? For me personally, I think it came from like youth athletics, you know, like if you start off in, in sports, you know, participating in a team or a group of a group of people trying striving for a goal, you know, you're always trying to do better. You know, you want to get you want to get faster. You want to get stronger. You want to get more skilled with the ball, whatever it may be. You're always looking for that little bit, little bit extra and, uh, you know, to bring your team forward so so that it started really young you know like on the soccer field or in the wrestling room or whatever and then it just carries on to you know in my adult life you know joining the army and then always just trying for that next that next unit or you know the next team next job like whatever it is you're always trying to be better to outdo another team um, to get the mission, whatever it, whatever it may be. So it started for me really early, probably in sports and it just carried through my whole existence. You know, I think, uh, um, to kind of try or add on to what Clay was saying earlier about, uh, you know, the negative stuff. And I think there's a little bit of negative or, you know, there's also just kind of lying to yourself. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say that they're being introspective, or they, they tell themselves that they're being introspective, but, but they're not really being honest with themselves, you know, about, about, uh, you know, what, what, what the problem might be, you know, um, recently for myself, like I'm in, I'm in flight school right now. So I'm learning how to fly airplanes and, uh, it's not just easy, you know, and it's been a challenge for me personally to, to achieve what I need to because I'm not good at it. You know, it's new to me. And, uh, um, generally I'm fairly decent at, you know, pretty much everything that I try to do, you know, whatever sport it is, whatever, you know, adventure I'm trying to do. It's like, you know, I usually pick things up pretty quickly and, uh, I'm fairly decent. And this is, uh, this, this challenge has taken me some work and I've had a couple moments where I have to sit down and like, okay, what is happening here? Like, what am I doing that is affecting the outcome that I'm trying to achieve in a negative way? And how do I alter that to the positive, you know, and it has been a challenge and uh, you have to be honest with yourself when you are assessing, you know, your situation and uh, lying to yourself just continues that negative pattern of behavior and you have no change. Yeah, absolutely. Clay, any thoughts on this? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, you know, I think a lot of the times we want to think that, that we should try to get rid of negative self-talk. Um, and I don't think necessarily that that's the case because if you, if you listen to anyone that was quote unquote great, and I'm not saying you have to have negative self-talk to be great, but like George St. Pierre, the MMA fighter or, or Michael Jordan, you know, they, they, they had, you know, pretty honest assessment of their, their self-talk. And I think that it can be 
an intrinsic motivator is that negative self-talk like Travis is talking about. I think what ends up happening is, you know, someone like Travis that's been through some very rigorous training where, you know, in, in selection or even in infantry basic training or in Afghanistan or, or any of those situations or even in, in law enforcement, there are moments that you just simply cannot lie to yourself. Like you just can't because the the narrative and what's happening outside in your world is so clearly obvious that there is there is no ability to to tell yourself something that's delusional in in a way um but i think with you know society i guess in, in the way that it is i have this running theory that the more comfortable we are as a society the more mental health issues we're going to have because we need that adversity and it could be because we need to have honest self narrative and sometimes it's negative. I think the problem is, is when that comfort and when life is too easy, we can start to develop a self narrative and negative self-talk that is out of control and pathological because you don't have any feedback that's telling you that you're just out of control. Like you, you, you are not realistically assessing both yourself and the, what the world's trying to tell you. So I think in some ways it's a tricky, it's a tricky game because, because negative self-talk can be positive in that it makes you want to be better. But at the same time, I think it can also turn into like a pathological thing that, that gets out of control if, if not monitored. And, and uh, again, it goes back to one of the very first podcasts I was on. You got to stab your friends in the chest. If you don't have people like this around you that are going to tell you the truth, then that negative, that self-talk could get out of control and be unrealistic. Yeah, that definitely, definitely could happen. Corey, thoughts on this? Oh, you got to unmute yourself, bud. Yeah, I've got so many on this one, uh, including learning how to use the mute button. Um, I I think that a lot of the negative self-talk that ends up happening for me specifically in my past has been being a people pleaser. It's the it's the thought process that even when people are telling me, you know, it's kind of that people pleaser slash imposter syndrome thing where even when people are telling me I'm doing a good job, I believe that I'm not, you know, they're just being nice and having that inability to accept that when I'm doing introspection that I'm also doing something good. And that's kind of when it turns into that negative self-talk where it doesn't matter what I do, it wasn't good enough. It's not, you know what, I got to be honest and I could have done something better. It's just that it didn't matter what it was. I didn't do it well enough. I always could have done it better, even though the standard that I'm setting is, is almost unattainable. And I'm not talking about setting a standard that's high for you to shoot for, but it's the fact that no matter what I would do, I would never meet that standard. So I'd constantly set myself to fail for the sake of failing for whatever strange reason. And I think there's a, I think there's a difference um, when we're having uh, introspection and self-talk between being negative and disliking what we're hearing because of what we're examining within ourselves. I think there's a difference between being negative for the sake of being negative. Um, I think of uh, Seb's posts, for instance, about training and law enforcement, and, and I, I look at all of them, and it causes me to be introspective within myself. Am I really where I am in my training and my skills and my abilities? And I think there's a lot of people out there who uh, hopefully view that and realize that they're lacking 
and they're lacking because of their own inability to see it. And I think there's a difference between saying, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, worthless and garbage or, you know what, I've really been slacking and I have been completely unaware of this and that upsets me, but that's not negative self-talk, at least in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, you've rejoined us. Are you, uh, how's your connection? You guys got to unmute yourself. <laughs> I had to, ha I had to move outside. Uh, no the mute is even uh, uncooperative. Um, so I haven't, uh, I've missed the last 15 minutes. So you'll have to hit me up with, uh, uh what the question was, sorry. The Coles notes basically is, um, I initially started with the negative self-talk or the, um, the, the talk in which you can put yourself down or perhaps even drive yourself to do better that you're not doing enough right now. And I was initially starting, where did that begin? And then we went into, uh, you know, how that negative self-talk can affect you in general, uh, throughout your life, but that's where we're at. Okay, so personally, and I've said this before uh, in the collective podcast, I got no problems with negative self-talk. I, I use negative self-talk as a tool. It's just to what degree and how hard you beat yourself up. Like, I'm critical of my performances, man. I have a critical eye for the world around me and have a critical eye inside of my world. And so uh, it's not all Shangri-La inside uh, uh, butterflies and rainbows. I'm tough on myself. I'm tough on the world around me. And so that's what it's, it's not a fuel, but that is what keeps me honest with my performance on the regular. And so maybe I'm the outlier at this point in the conversation because I didn't hear uh, what everyone. <laughs> and he's frozen again. This is a, uh... This is the trick when you were doing, uh, when we're doing podcasts from multiple countries, yeah. but <laughs> so we're going to, I got, I got something got? that Sean was talking about right at the end there where he was saying, you know, he uses this, what he called negative self-talk as, as motivation to, uh, you know, to achieve. And that, to me, that's just assessment. You know, if, uh, if your performance was subpar from whatever standard you wanted and you're being critical of that, that's that. To me, that's not negative. You know, that's not a negative. That's that's just assessment of your of your performance. And you're using that in order to to build upon it or change it so that you're going to do better. I think when we're talking about negative self-talk, it's kind of more what Corey was saying, where no matter what the outcome is, you're not going to accept that you did well. You know, that's when things start becoming a problem, you know, or you're or it's negative. You know, if you're if you you know, if you run a race and you, and you have, you know, several things happen, we'll just, you know, you weren't nourished and hydrated. You didn't pace yourself properly. You did several things that were wrong, you know, and your performance reflected that. And then you're like, wow, I was not nourished. I didn't pace myself. And you use those things to assess your performance and do good next time. Then that's just assessment. I don't, I wouldn't call it negative assessment. You know, um, when you're, in a team and you're, you know, you're, you're watching a, a, a flow through a house or something and you're identifying problems or areas that, that shortcomings and, and other team members and, you know, the team's working together to assess its performance. Those aren't negative things. Those are just, you're identifying a fault and you're correcting it. That's not negative. That's just, you know, performance oriented training, you know, it's different. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I, I wrote down here that the uh, trying to find the line here is between I can do better and I'm not good enough. And I think just like the reframing, I mean, you're kind of saying the same thing, at least in my mind. And I want to get your guys' thoughts on this is that mm. is there a, is that a, it's almost a semantics kind of a thing, but I think the words we use are very important. So if we're talking yeah. negative self-talk is, you know, I'm not good enough to do the thing that I just did, or my effort wasn't good enough or et cetera, et cetera. It's a depreciating uh, type of language versus I can do better. And then to actively look at how you can do better. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to claim and start with you on this one. Do you think that that's uh, in line with what we're talking about and in proper introspection? Yeah, I mean, introspection and negative self-talk. I, I, again, I, I just I don't really think that there there's ever going to be, you know, a time in, in a person's life where they're not going to experience, you know, negative self-talk. And, you know, if if we go true to the, the the definition of an examination of one's own mental processes and going inward, um, you know, it, it's it's hard, I guess to for for guys who are as high level as as some of you guys that you you have experienced so many moments of um we'll say unwillful introspection right where you know a 20 mile ruck march you're going to learn something about yourself right now if that's if that's your life if you've lived that life it's easier to to identify the layers of what is negative self-talk and what is just an, an, an examination of performance. But I think for most ordinary people, for let's say the couch sitter uh, or, or, or someone who spends their life not doing many things that are hard, the distinguishment between self negative self-talk and introspection isn't very clear. They don't, they don't really know. Like they, they, it's all the same to them. It, it, their, their self-examination and their negative self-talk, they don't have any filters or any um, real sense of adversity to base what they're internally processing off of. They just don't. So then negative self-talk can turn into pathological depression or it can turn into, you know, neuro, like extreme neuroticism or it can turn into, you know, ma many different things that, that people experience. So I, I think, I think it is, a, a, there's a fine line in, in really trying to, to know when, when is a person, you know, just experiencing negative self-talk that could be intrinsic motivation and drive you forward. And when is it, um, you know, this, turning into something that is is really debilitating. And a lot of that to me is because it's expectations versus reality. I, I think that if you're a person that's well-traveled like Sean and, and or someone that's well-experienced like Travis and, and, and all of those things, or somebody that's seen a lot like Corey, you have a lot more data to base your introspection or your self-examination off of. Um, and yeah, that's, that's my thought. Absolutely. Corey? What are your thoughts on this? Um, I like what uh, Clay said there um, with the expectation versus reality. And I know um, in my profession specifically, I know it's it's hammered into us that minutes and seconds count. 
And while I understand that, I've also been on the other end where something has happened. I've arrived, I've done my best, and then afterwards blamed myself for not doing more uh, by being, let's say, in the area that something is happening. There's no physical way for me to know that something bad is going to happen in that area. There's no reason for me to be in that area to have responded quicker than any other area. Um, but somehow I think and I blame myself that I should have been closer. I should have been able to have gotten there and affected it because if I'd been five seconds sooner, 10 seconds sooner, then something wouldn't have happened. And that's somehow my fault. And that's negative self-talk. There's literally no way for me to have affected that situation or have physically gotten there any sooner than I did. And when I showed up, I went and I dealt with the situation to the best of my training, ability, and skills, but it still wasn't good enough because I should have been there sooner. And if I can't understand that that's negative self-talk, if I can't understand that my expectation of being there versus the reality of me being able to be there were not uh, ever going to uh, intersect, then all I do is I just go down that hole and, and I just keep thinking that I blame myself and eventually the details of that are just going to dissolve and it's going to be once again I failed people and once again I wasn't able to do my job. Um, I think that's where the proper introspection comes in is that if I'm not able to take the ego out of it or take the blame out of it or and actually not have an honest assessment of what happened, I, I think we just end up spiraling into negative self-talk. Yeah, absolutely. Travis, I'm going to come back to you. What do you think? To this, like, the line that we need to separate from of negative self-talk with, you know, our assessment phase, you know. Uh, in a tactical world, you know, like, there's always always times where, you know, if only I could have been there a microsecond sooner or only if I would have taken that corner high instead of low or only if only if only. And, you know, we think about those things, I think, because, you know, we kind of wish that's how it played out. It's not that we think we can change what happened already. It's just like, man, dude, if only, you know, if I would have just saw what I missed or somebody would have saw it, you know, it's just kind of a, a hope, you know. So I, I wouldn't, I don't know that like that, you know, survivor's guilt is uh, is negative necessarily. It can get that way, you know, if you dwell on it and just beat yourself up about it, it can, it can definitely you know, have a negative impact on your, on your, on your health, really. But, uh, you know, I also was kind of daydreaming as everybody was talking about how, you know, at the beginning you asked me where this started. And I think society as a whole kind of doesn't really train our citizens to reflect on their own interaction with society. You know, it seems lately, I don't want to get all political, but it seems lately like, you know, and it started probably in youth sports too, where everybody gets a trophy. It's always somebody else's fault. You know, it's like, you know, you're special and whatever you're doing, it's not your fault that, that you're, you know, failing in school or you're not up on time or whatever. It's something else is, is affecting you. And that's, that's not the proper way, in my opinion, to train people to, to reflect on their own behavior habits and how that contributes to society at large. You know, if you want people to be, to perform well and uh, and uh, be contributing members of society, then you have to train them to do that. You know, people learn 
and you and it's our I, I consider it my responsibility with everybody that I'm interact with. And, you know, I'm not a jerk to everybody, but I don't pull any punches at the same time. You know, I mean, I tell people the truth. If that hurts their feelings a little bit, then that's not my problem. You know, that's their their response to to our interaction is it's on them, you know, and I try to to articulate that pretty clearly, you know, that uh, I don't hate you. I don't think you're a bad person. I just think you should pick up your trash. I think you should put your cart back in the little cart thing instead of leaving it in the middle of the parking lot. You know, so I tell people these things so that maybe next time they think about it, like, huh, maybe I shouldn't leave my cart here in the sidewalk. I should actually put it where it goes, you know, so that they can take it back in the store. And, uh, you know, if everybody helped everybody else out, you know, like Clay was talking about earlier, you need those people to tell you that you're the problem, you know, you need to look at what you're doing, look at yourself and analyze it and then change that behavior. You know, it, it, it takes a village, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sean, you want to try one more time? See what, uh, if your connection holds out, what are you thinking? Yeah, I like what Clay said. Uh, I fully agree with that. I think you need enough bandwidth to have some granularity on this subject. If you're early in the game and you've only got this or that, man, it's going to suck for a while. But uh, if you if you're bouncing around and you're doing things like if you're if you're getting out of your house and you're living out in the world and you're making mistakes, then you're going to get some granularity through all of this process. And uh, I I agree with Trav that. You know, you, you, you gotta, you gotta let someone know through accountability that they need to do better. And so that's helping them develop some granularity in the moment. And, uh, and also to this point of, as Corey was saying, you know, uh, trying to woulda, shoulda, coulda, I think we've all got to do some woulda, shoulda, coulda, like the mistake that we made, we got to sit down and have some inner reflection and think, man, I should have done that better, man. I should have gone high. I should have gone there faster. I should have blah, blah, blah. This is the thing that we're supposed to do in order to learn the lesson and then not iterative loop it to death. It's a, it's a one looper, man. I should have got there faster. What am I going to do to be there faster next time? Bam, done. Now that takes a long time to learn that you got to put all of this stuff in the past. For a while, you've got to like chew on it a little bit, but eventually you've chewed on it enough that you can let yourself not let go of the past, but you can let go of this iterative loop of the spiral into now it's getting really negative. And so um, I think we're supposed to chew on it. I think we're supposed to woulda, shoulda, could it. I think we're supposed to gain granularity and I think we're supposed to do it for long enough that eventually we don't have to do it as much when we, as when we were young learn how to do it well at the, at the front end so that you can let go of it at the back end and then get on with living an awesome life and then have conversations like this so that you can explain to people, man, get better at this so that you can help the next generation get better at it. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I tell my kids pretty, uh, pretty often that, uh, you know, everything is hard until you do it enough times that it gets easy. And I think introspection is similar in that regards that, Earlier, um, I think Clay, you were saying, or, uh, correction, uh, Corey, you were saying, you know, there's there's times in your life that uh, you just can't lie to yourself, especially in uh, high high stakes 
professions, military, police, fire, things like that. But I think I'm going to push back on it a little bit because there are lots of people out there that do. They go into those situations and then lie to themselves, even from a position of uh, where you would think, man, you can't lie to yourself. Like doing a foot foot patrol or a foot chase, something like that, and just not being in the condition to, uh, to, to follow up that chase or be able to maintain your speed or whatever. And to Travis's point, um, you know, you were talking about external factors, and I think this is the big one. And I want, I'm going to poke your guys' brain about this a little bit, is that the external factors allow us to process and then apply for the next thing, right? I was chasing after a suspect. I, my cardio isn't good enough. I need to do better. Now I'm going to work on et cetera, et cetera, right? Those are your skills versus external factors. You know, I couldn't climb a wall or et cetera, et cetera, any other uh, external factor. But I, I believe at least is that we let, allow those external factors to then excuse the ability. So I was chasing this guy and then he jumped over a wall and I, you know, the wall was there. I couldn't get over it. It was too tall. Well, I guess I'll just carry on to the next one, right? And that's where that lie kicks in. So I'm wondering what your guys' thoughts are on this in terms of how do we bridge that excuse, that, that little that little lie that we use that external factor to allow us to not fix the problem so that we, if you guys get what I'm saying, uh, Travis, I'm going to start with you. What do you think? You got to unmute yourself though. There's, there's a difference between an excuse and, you know, a cause, you know, if, if you're recognizing that, like, you know, my cardio wasn't up to par and I failed to catch a suspect because I'm out of shape, you know, you're identifying that versus, you know, well, I couldn't catch him because my shoes were untied or, you know, I, I wore dress shoes today and I shouldn't have or whatever it is, you know, then that's an excuse. And that it's usually pretty easy for people to identify that. The, I think the problem just human nature is we don't want to accept a negative fault. You know, most people don't want to hear that, you know, that they're out of shape, you know, that you're you're actually not healthy. You need to eat better. You need to X, Y, Z, you know, the list goes on and on about how we can all do better all the time. And, uh, you know, people just generally don't want to, don't want to accept negative, negative faults, you know? And, uh, unfortunately that is, uh, it's easy for a lot of people to get away with nowadays. You know, you, you, you mentioned earlier, like the high stakes jobs. I think that goes into athletics as well. You know, I mean, if you're, if you're playing a sport and everybody on the field saw you, you know, commit a foul or whatever, like it's obvious that you did it, you know, it's not, you, you, you can't get away with, with lying about it. So, so I think those types of people, they learn early on how to accept a negative fault and then file it away, use it to do better the next time and then move forward. You know, I think a lot of times, uh, unfortunately society doesn't, doesn't place a lot of our children into, into team athletics and stuff with the goal of learning, you know, self-improvement, teamwork, you know, sportsmanship and all those things. I think at least in the United States, most sports, if you're serious about them, they're, they're, you're trying to get a college scholarship. That's what sports are for. And I disagree with that notion. I think sports are to teach you how to be a better human. 
you know, how to interact with others and how to learn teamwork, how to critique yourself and a laundry list of other lessons that you learn through athletics, you know, and it is a learned behavior. I think we keep getting back to that as well. Sean's hit it, Corey's hit it, Clay's hit it. And, uh, you know, it is something that is learned. And I think, again, it's our responsibility to teach people how to do it. Yeah, uh, I, I 100% agree. Clay, thoughts on this? In, in a weird way, this reminds me of a podcast. I can't, and forgive me, ma'am, out there if you're listening, but it was some lady, she was a doctor, and she was, her and another gentleman were talking to Sean, and they were, like, basically talking about how, you know, because we have the internet, you don't necessarily have to go to places to experience them, and Sean was like, no, like, you, you, you definitely need to go there to truly experience it and smell it and see it and feel it. Because in, in that way, if you introspect on that experience, there again, you, you have the five senses that really, really strongly influence memory. So if, say, you're the person that, and, and I will say, Chance, you, you like nailed it, I think. I think the problem with introspection is if you had the experience of a law enforcement officer that was trying to chase someone over a wall, but you couldn't get over the wall, well, here in lies the introspection. What do you do internally if you didn't climb over that wall? What's that self-narrative going to be? Self-narrative could be, I probably need to be able to get over that wall or a long list of compounding excuses as to why you did not. And that to me is when it starts turning into pathological lying or self-sabotage to yourself and they compound on top of one another they just continually you if you didn't make it over that wall and you don't want to take action to fix that problem you're not taking that experience that you you've you have gotten and using it to take action to get better then then all you have at that point is lying and self-sabotaging to yourself as to why that didn't happen why why am I not getting better? Why am I not trying to get over that wall? And I think that that's where the introspection can become debilitating or negative and where that line starts to blur is if you take action to get better because you're honest about the experience and the, and, and the situation and you go inward on that, now, now you're going towards a better reality. If you decide that, well, the reason I didn't get over that wall was because, you know, I really didn't want to catch that guy. And, you know, I kind of don't even really like my job. And, you know, I, I maybe I need a better patrol car because the door didn't open better. So, so now you're, you're compounding on top of the, the introspection that you're having, which is uh, like self-defeating in a sense. Uh, and it prevents you from taking action, really. Yeah, absolutely. Corey, thoughts? Oh man, I've got so many again. Um, I think that, um, I mean, I can't nod my head anymore to what Travis and, and Clay were saying regarding that. The excuses add up, but I don't think that the person who's doing the introspection incorrectly is seeing them as excuses. Um, again, you know, my, uh, my cardio wasn't up to, uh, to snuff. Well, they had such a uh, distance on me. There's no way I would have caught them or I couldn't have climbed that wall because my equipment was too heavy and really it's probably not safe for me to go over. So I was probably doing the right thing to do, uh, to not climb over rather than going, yeah, there's no way I would have caught them. And it's not because of the distance. I wouldn't have caught them because I have been slacking. I have not been doing what I need to do. 
what is expected of me. Um, and the true introspection is, is kind of like what, what Sean has said in the past, which is good. Now I know what I need to do. It's very, very clear as to what I need to do. When should I be doing it? Probably right now to get better. And if you can't accept that that is that one iteration loop that happens and that now you're going to action on that, then you're just stuck in that not negative self-talk, but that inability to accept what is the, the introspection has shown you. And then people will say, oh, well, no, no, I'm just being negative. I'm just being negative. I, you know, it's not, it's not really me. It's, you know, uh, I didn't get enough sleep. I didn't, uh, um, get enough training and uh, you know the once every year that I go out to the range didn't allow me to to shoot properly and it's really my uh, organization's fault and, and things like that but I also want to draw it too to the fact that something Travis was saying uh, earlier about uh, telling it like it is and, and making sure that you're being honest with people around you um, I have found in my profession and I've probably been guilty of it if I'm honest with myself is that the person that's sitting there telling everybody else how they can be better and what they're doing sometimes is the worst person out of all of it. Um, they are trying to bring everybody else down and tell them what their faults are um, because they themselves know they're lacking and they want to make sure that they, rather than bring themselves up, they're bringing everybody else down. So just a thought to, to be careful about if there's one person in the group who's constantly doing that and doesn't have the uh, reps to show that they are able to back up what they're saying, be cognitive of that as to uh, how badly they are uh, trying to bring everybody else down in order to bring their own level up. That is a great point. Sean, any thoughts on this? I think that most people don't know how to introspect. I think that they understand the word, they can read it but they've never truly introspected. And I think that introspection isn't just like an academic process where you sit down with a pen and paper and write out a bunch of things and think, bro, I just introspected. There's another follow on action and it's called action. Like you can think all the thoughts and that's cool, but the other piece is then you got to do something about it. And that's where most people fail. They get some half of the introspection equation kicked out but then they don't get the other half, which is now do something about it, period. That's where I see a lot of failures. So then they start normalizing all of the excuses. Then all of a sudden they've got no problems, but yet somehow they can't roll their self out of their patrol car and roll their self over a fence because they're too obese. But they don't see it because they think that that's just normal because the guy next to them and the guy next to them is also obese. And so now it's being normalized that everyone gets to be fat and lazy and drive around in a patrol car. Now I'm making a harsh criticism here to set the stage for this, that everyone knows what's up, but no one says it to the dude next to them. No one holds anybody accountable because it's freaking uncomfortable. And so Corey just stated that now there's a guy in the room who's telling it like it's supposed to be, and yet he's the worst victim of, of the guy who can't even make it to the fence to get over the fence. What should be happening in that instance? You should be looking that guy square in the eye and say, let's go, bro. Let's see uh, who quits first. Let's go for a run. Let's get over that fence. Let's hold each other accountable. You're telling me how it is. Let's go see how it is. Let's put those words out on the street 
in action. Does that sound harsh? Probably, but that's what I see happening out there. A lot of folks thinking and talking, but not doing. And by not doing, it normalizes that I don't have to do anything to change what I'm feeling inside, what I'm seeing inside, what I know to be true, but I don't want to face up to it. And because everyone's super uncomfortable mm, bringing it up, no one brings it up. And the entire group starts backsliding into the normalcy of now we don't have to jump over fences. Now we don't have to do our job. Now I'm a victim. Now, I could have said that a whole bunch of different ways, a whole lot longer, a whole lot more polished, a whole lot more sensitive, but that's just what I see happening. And I'm just calling it out for what I see. Yeah, there is a, uh, <clears throat> there. I think it's a fine line between being a jerk and holding people accountable. And there, there it is, it's a, it, it's a tough line to, to manage because in order to hold people accountable, sometimes you have to be a jerk. Like that's just part of part of the game. But at the same time, you can just overdo it and be a jerk to everybody. And I, I've known many people, and I think I was one at one point, that uh, it's real easy to point other people's faults out. It is really easy. But it is a lot harder to, to hold yourself accountable to those faults that you're pointing out. So I'm going to go around again, but uh, let's start with Corey on this one. Not how do we, but is there a better way to engage issues through introspection? Like we can introspect and then act upon it for sure. Is there a better way to engage the people around us to, you know, raise all, uh, the rising tide lifts all ships, right? And how do we lift all of our ships together with, uh, with the use of introspection? Corey, what do you think? Lead by example. And if you see a fault within yourself, identify that to the group. And I know that might not be a popular opinion, but it's, you know what, guys, I've been, uh, I've been doing some thinking and I realize that this is an issue. And you know what, if it just happens to uh, fall on an issue that uh, the group is, ha uh, is having at that particular point, um, then all the better. You know, if, if my cardio, for instance, is, is not up to snuff, then I'm going to tell people, you know what, my cardio is not up to snuff. I've not been doing what I need to do. I'm going to need some help here to get this going, you know, as a leader, I'm, I'm going to bring other people on board and say, you know what, I need your help, even though maybe I don't need your help, but I'm going to, I'm going to bring you along to give me motivation so that I'm not a, you know, I'm better than what I, uh, I was yesterday. And, uh, by doing that, I'm also going to raise everybody else up because they're going to see me leading by example. I'm going to be at the front and they're going to catch up. And by doing that, they're going to get better with their cardio. We just keep doing that step by step, right? Um, obviously, you know, if I don't, I don't want to be disingenuous and if I'm the, the best in the group, I go, oh, you know what? I'm the worst at this. They're going to see right through that, but you can identify that once you've got, uh, uh, some of those reps in there that, Hey, you know what? We can, we can all be better at this. Uh, um, some of us more than others, but, uh, I think you guys will be able to figure that out. Anyways, just my thought. Yeah. I like it. Travis, what are you thinking? You got to unmute yourself. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, I'm going to add on to that as uh, leading the example is just being a leader. And then uh, what 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 happens when you lead by example is you establish, you kind of build trust, right? And then I think the way you get other people to be introspective is just to ask questions, you know? And I think uh, something that we've missed so far is like, 
introspection can can go a little bit deeper also and it's like it's not only like hey you know why are you failing it's like like why are you having the feelings that you're having as a result of that failure like what is going on like maybe two or three layers deep that are causing you to have these thoughts or behaviors and it might be manifesting itself in a certain way that you've identified as a negative but we haven't really identified the the underlying issue that's causing the negative behavior or or whatever like why are you skipping pt like why did you allow yourself to degrade to such a point that you couldn't perform your job like that's that seems like something that's not going to be very prevalent in our organization so what's going on here you know why are you having these these problems you know and uh you have to kind of you have to get a little bit touchy-feely i think sometimes and uh and uh dig a little bit deeper into your into your mind and uh find out what's going that's that's going on that's manifesting itself kind of outwardly and uh you know that's that's when you get down to the the real nitty-gritty of what's going on why is that why is that one guy always pointing out everybody else's faults you know is it just because he's not a very good performer maybe he is the best guy and he performs better than everybody all the time but he's always telling everybody how much they suck you know that guy's uh obviously having a negative impact on the on the team but like what is it about that you know like as a teammate you need to probably like hey man what is going on like okay that i hear that but but let's let's examine your life or whatever and get a little bit deeper into the uh the feelings part of it and uh maybe get a little bit uh a little bit zenny or whatever you know and really examine your thoughts and feelings at a at a deeper level i like that i like that clay thoughts yeah I, you know le leading by example is is one of those things that that you hear a lot and it isn't exactly clear on, on how exactly a person should do that in in any given circumstance but but as a general rule it's probably one of the best you know pieces of life uh, practical life advice that I, I gained from the military because because now being in corporate management you know kind of accidentally um I see that a big problem uh, and shout out to Seb because Seb says this all the time is uh, having that, that difficult conversation. It's addressing the elephant in the room and being a leader is introspectively asking and having that conversation, right? It's, it's, it's being able to uh, like Travis is talking about, ask that person, you know, with open-ended questions, what exactly is is going on and in a way that they understand it's not the way that that i want you to be it's the way that you need to be for yourself to be better and in order to to do that there has to be some honesty and sometimes other people objectively asking you, you know, with an open-ended question and with a non-judgmental um, approach, you know, what, why is it that you're not getting over this wall, both figuratively and, and literally, and then sitting to have that conversation by just sitting, 
ask the question and say nothing and let them talk. I think that's leading by example. It's it's um, facilitating the fuel or ignition for the other person to introspect. Interesting. Sean, thoughts on this? It's pretty simple for me. I'm a fan of deeds, not words. And so all the thoughts and all the words don't amount to anything until they're put into action. And uh, the action is this, meet the bare standard, whatever the standard is that we're talking about, whatever organization it is, whatever unit it is, whatever corporate team it is, whatever single business that you're running. If, if you're running a garbage collection company, a one-man company that's responsible to pick up all the garbage in the neighborhood and you're getting paid for it, and the minimum standard is make sure that the garbage gets picked up every week, but you're only picking it up once a month, you're not meeting the standard. So if something has to be done about that, you have to put action into effect to meet the minimum standard. All of the introspection in the world isn't going to pick up the garbage. Introspection and then action is going to pick up the garbage. And I feel that the minimum standard uh, starts backsliding the moment that someone isn't held accountable for not meeting the minimum standard. If you can't hold yourself accountable, then someone has to hold you accountable. And it doesn't have to be the hardest conversation in the world. And the person doesn't have to snap to attention and in a split second go pick up all the garbage in the neighborhood. It's a conversation. Meet the minimum standard. Go get the garbage. When it's all picked up, come and hit me up. Then we can talk about it some more. How are you going to do it better next week? Come up with a plan on how are you going to do it better next week? What were your shortcomings this week that you're going to address for next week? You can have them own the solutions by introspectively creating them themselves. But at the end of the day, the garbage has to get picked up and it has to be done through action. Yeah, I totally agree. And I have a, I have a question specifically on that is that what if there is no standard? So let me, follow me on this at least a little bit, but, um, for the average person out there, let's say there, there's no physical standard for them to maintain. If you know, you're living your life, let's say for me, use me as an example, I get out of the military. I have no physical standard at that point. Once I'm out of the military and I'm just, uh, I'm on disability, I'm hanging out. I don't really have any sort of line that I need to achieve in terms of physicality. And I think for the average person, someone who works in corporate America, whatever, they don't have a physical standard that they need to achieve in order to work there. So how do we then get people to create their own standards? Or Sean, what do you think? I can see you're getting ready for it. What do you got? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the answer is simple. Do you have kids? I do, yes. Right. Now there's your standard. You're raising kids and you either raise them like slobs because you're a slob or you raise them to be good kids because you're running a good life. It's pretty simple, man. And, and I'm, I'm not directing this at you, Chance. I'm directing this to anyone. There's always a standard out there that anyone can achieve at a bare minimum. If you're, uh, in fact, uh, coincidentally, I said it in a live chat to or in your yesterday, my today. And it was or wrong. 
whatever in the in the future i Time say that that <laughs> david goggins isn't that big of a deal in my world i know a boatload of guys like david goggins and he gets a lot of press because he's out there running down the street dropping the f-bombs and saying stay hard stay hard stay hard you know it, it's it's a lot of flash and he deserves it I love it, man. He stokes up a lot of young guys and gets them in the game, and that's cool. But there's a boatload of guys just like him that are keeping it on the low down. How did he get there? He held himself accountable to a standard at one point. Before that standard, before that bare minimum standard, that dude was a freaking slob. He was lazy. I, I stated it almost word for word. He was obese. He was lazy. He was a do-nothing cat that was just laying around playing video games and eating excess calories. That dude was a slob. And so until he faced himself in a mirror and realized that he had no standard, once he started applying a bare minimum standard, then he started improving his game. Now he's running down the street saying, get hard. And I dig it, man, because he came from Slobsville right up to now he's kicking ass every single human being can do that but it all depends on what your standard is his standard for himself was looking at himself hard in the mirror and realizing that he didn't want to be that anymore and if you can't do it that way then look at your kids and think man i don't want my kids to see what's going on within me or external to me I got to demonstrate a better example for them so that they can do better in life for their future, raise better generations and et cetera. If you don't have kids, do it for your neighbors or your neighborhood or your city or your country or for something. Everyone has something that they can do it for. And I think that introspection requires not only why am I doing me? It has to be why am I going to do me for others? I think that's the secret to success, in my opinion. I like that a lot. Clay, thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I, I really, I truly believe if if there's no standard, I, I really think that it's it's an inherent human quality to to have some kind of vision of what the ideal self should be. I, I do believe that because I mean why else as children do, do people want to be a doctor or a policeman or a firefighter? I think, I think it's inherent. It's, it's in us to kind of have some idea of who it is that we want to be. But some people, sometimes that ideal self can seem so unattainable and so out of reach that they don't even want to acknowledge it or, or go towards it. And, and so there's no standard, there's just um, aimlessness or, or, or no goal. So I think, you know, to you, you can never go wrong. And, and Sean's right about the action. And, and there has to be some kind of action that has happened before that leads to more action in, in the future. And, and so what I mean is, is if you're the if you're the officer that tried to jump the wall and you could not jump the wall is is there an ideal self that you you've experienced in your life or is there someone that you look towards 
that can help you set some kind of mental standard of who you want to be. And do you have the, again, these are all words that people do not want to hear. Do you have the responsibility, individual responsibility? Do you have the discipline? Not necessarily to be the guy that can get over that wall, but to take the small deliberate actions to go towards your minimum standard of the ideal self that you have. Yeah, absolutely. Corey, thoughts on this? Uh, I'd like to draw it to, to back to children again. And I think there's two examples that I can think of when it, when it comes to setting the standard, if you don't have any, is I think of my oldest daughter. She wants to be four things when she grows up. There are four different professions, but to her, that's just four things. And she sets that standard because she says, yeah, I will be those things. Now I can try to tell her all the reasons why she won't be, but she doesn't want to hear it. She wants to be those four things and she's going to go do it. She's going to set her mind to it. She's going to go do it. I think that if you don't have standards, look to children and look to see what they believe is possible and stop getting in your own way and trying to come up with a hundred reasons why it won't work. Try it. You never know what you're going to do. She might be a doctor and a ballerina, but I don't know. The other thing is too, is to, to take the child that you were and, and look at the person you are would that child be in awe of who you are? And if not, why not? Bam. That's a great line. Travis, thoughts on this? You got to unmute yourself. <laughs> oh, I got every, you. Every time, every time. Hey, I think it would come back to a couple of like your point of having no standard. And then I think, I think establishing that is where, what Clay said is your, what is your ideal self? You know, what is the, what is your idea of what you want to be, right? And then on those questions, you start to kind of build more questions that will lead you to Sean's point of taking action, you know, like, okay, well, what is my ideal self? Like, boom, that's, that's what I want. Okay. Well, what is it about that, that you truly value? Like, what is it, what is it all encompassing that you value? And then what is it about that, that you value the most, right? And identify that one thing. And then you start building a plan to, to progress towards that thing and become that ideal self. And that's where Sean was talking about taking action to actually do something. And then, you know, when we're talking about looking inward, it's, it's, it's really about, about who you are, what you value, what you value the most, um, what you believe in, how you feel about those beliefs um, and how they affect you day to day. This is uh this is a huge topic and I know we could probably sit here and her talk for hours and hours and hours on this but uh, I'm going to have to call it we're a little bit over time. I'm going to there's some comments here I just want to pound uh, I want to hit on I didn't get a chance to because they were just such a great conversation. So before I do that I just want to say Corey, Travis, Clay, Sean, thank you again for the conversation. This has been awesome. Um just going to hit these real quick. Vanessa, good morning, everyone. She jumped in here early. Lisa jumps in here and says, good morning from Dripping Springs, Texas. Just jumping on. Did I hear zombies? Great way to start the show first off, Sean. That was awesome. That's a great question. Um, and she was replying to something we were saying earlier. She said, I did that on sun Sunday out cycling, balled my eyes out, and got back on the bike and hit the hills. Love what you just said. Um, and then she ends up with, uh, there's always a standard and her elderly clients are my standard. And that's a great line. That's what I was hoping we would touch on when I asked that question is that there's, you can always create a standard if you don't have one created for you. So let's get some final thoughts and then we can shut her down for the morning. Corey, I'm going to start with you. 
Final thoughts on introspection, anything else we've covered today? Be honest with yourself, have the hard conversations, and then action on what you find. Take your ego out of it, understand what you need to do, and move forward, and, and, and stop being the one thing that stands in your way. Don't be that thing. I like it. Travis, final thoughts? Um, like what matters most to me? You know, ask yourself that. What matters most to you? Is it your reputation? Is it money? Is it, you know, material items? Like, what is it that matters most? And this is going to be a hard conversation because obviously everybody values a little bit of money in the bank. But, you know, is that is that ultimately what matters the most to you? And uh, when you can prioritize the things in your life that matter, kind of all these other stuff will fall into place, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Clay, final thoughts? Yeah, I, I'll name drop again because there's a lot of people on the collective that that have like so much knowledge and wisdom. But if if you don't have a standard, if if you don't know where to begin, an actionable item would be Johnny Martin always talks about taking small deliberate actions and. And Sean probably means that as well a lot of time when he's saying take an action, because sometimes I think people think that taking action is like go do some big thing, but it doesn't have to be. It can be small, deliberate actions. So Johnny, Johnny always says that if if someone, you know, if you're introspecting and you get kind of stuck or caught up or you find yourself self-sabotaging and you know that you have an ideal self, an action item would be what can you do in the next 60 minutes to help you reach that ideal self? And that's my final thought. Bam. I like it. Sean, final thoughts. Good job, Clay. I love on Johnny. He's a, he's a rad dude and that's the right attitude as far as I'm concerned. Uh, something that was said earlier uh, and uh, I think it was Corey, you know, uh, when you're a young kid, uh, what would you want to be? Or now that we're all sitting here today, looking back on our young kid self, would we be impressed by what we've accomplished? You know, it's, it's a good call, but I, I like to do it this way. I like to do it every year. I like to be old Sean of a year ago. Every year I, I want to look back and say, man, I was doing some dumb things. Uh, because if you can't say that, then you ain't growing. And I'm not saying you got to grow exponentially so that you were so dumb a year ago that it was embarrassingly dumb. But I mean, you got to look back on yourself introspectively and realize that you're a year better, not like half a year worse. And so that's all I got to say on that. I, I enjoyed the conversation, except for the start where it was a little cronkified. But uh, I think this is an awesome conversation. And introspection is such a big subject that we could probably uh, do two or three days on this for sure. So uh, thanks for uh, thanks for bringing what you did, boys. Yeah, <clears throat> this has been a, uh, a a really great topic, and I think we're gonna kind of touch on it for the next day or two because we literally we could talk about this forever. Um, the only thing that I really have to add on this is the fact that introspection is both easy and very difficult. It's it's easy to look at yourself, but it's very difficult to look at yourself honestly. And I would recommend to everybody to take the time and to Sean's point where he says, you know, grab a piece of paper, write down your why, 
and uh, write down why question mark and then don't get it from the table till you write it. He also gave me a really great uh, piece of advice a little while ago to figure out why I was failing at consistency. And what I did was I sat down and I wrote it out. And putting it on paper and getting it out of your head is one of the most effective tools I found for introspection in general. So take the time, think about it, but write it down. Because once it's on paper, now you got to do something about it because now it's in the world. So learn about yourself, build upon that learning, and then grow every day with us here on The Collective. We'll see you all tomorrow. Chimo. Chimo. Chimo.